Retro Rebel Gamecast episode 42 is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash Toddcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics for you, the listener. Retro Rebel is released every week, or most every week, or every week we can. And you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host, as always, Amanda. What's going on, Amanda? What's up? What's up? Well, it is a new year. Do you feel new? I mean, How, what definitely. Has, so what has changed? So much has changed in a week. I mean, I got like new clothes and shoes, so I feel like that helps make you feel like a new person. But then, you know, you go into the office and it's exactly the same. You're like, oh, oh. all right, well. <laughs> the illusion has worn off. Yeah. Well, so y'all have Boxing Day, correct? Or is that just... Canadian. Mm-hmm. No, we have Boxing Day. How was Boxing I believe day? we started it first. Yeah, oh, it was well, great. We I like fought. Yeah, we don't, we don't we don't practice it. It's un-American. So, but it there is nothing more American than the day after loads of people bought you shit, you go to the store and buy more shit. That <laughs> that's pretty American. And and drink right. This is a major part of it. Drinking right. It's the only part of I mean, the whole story I got was <laughs> drinking. So, I mean, it doesn't hurt, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just like Black Friday. It's their Black Friday. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Yep. Okay. Well, what have you been playing? All the things. All um, the things. Good. You're going to have to carry this section. I've been just despicable, just terrible, the worst. Well, over the seasonal break, I played all of the Bioshocks, finished all of them. I played Gone Home. I played the Telltale Game of Thrones game. I played Walking Dead Michonne. I played... Uh, I started Oxenfree. I haven't finished it. I played... Uh, South Park, the fractured butt hole. Um, <laughs> You're so mature. And, yeah, well, and then I really enjoyed it. So then yesterday I went and picked up South Park, the stick of truth. So now I'm playing that backwards compatible on an Xbox one. So that's where we are. I played quite a few things, I think. Yes, you have. Um, as I said, you've carried this, uh, I have not played uh, very much. Um, nothing really of note new uh, from the last time I talked. I haven't really gotten to get very much farther into or further into uh, Assassin's Creed. I'm doing an addition to my house, waiting for a baby to be born, uh, maybe any day now. And so, as as uh, as uh, Ultron said in the Avengers, the second Avengers movie. Basically, I've just created these 
miniature versions of myself to supplant me. And uh, so as I just light my money on fire, as it's uh, being spent uh, faster than I can make it, um, I hadn't had a lot of time uh, to play. I did play a little Madden because we got Madden for Christmas. And so, um, although I uh, would not have chosen that game, my son wanted it. So, uh, and I still, I mean, it's it, it actually really comes back naturally. It's kind of like riding a bike in many ways. If you played it, you kind of remember how to play it. Uh, as long as you're playing it on the same system that you learned or, or, or uh, developed those skills on. <laughs> So you you heard it here, folks. Madden, it's like riding a bike. It's right, Madden. It's like riding. That's their that's their catch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. It, well, except for the fact that you have to buy a new one every year. That's the only bad thing. Um. But uh, so I played a little Madden. Uh, I have not finished. Uh, I really haven't finished any of the games that I've set out to. Uh, and my break is about over. Uh, we're about to start going back to work as well. And so, but I do have kind of the yeah. break. <laughs> I've, I've already been back to work. I'm oh, just I, like... I, I have not. I, I don't go back to till Wednesday. So. Oh. Yeah. Boring. <laughs> Boring. I've but, been uh, back. I've been back for a week, man. Lame. I know. Yay. Yeah, and you got so much done in that. Uh, well, in terms of things that probably don't matter but totally matter um hey i cleaned the house as well all right i did some things yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, once or twice yeah um well i want to hear uh, what your thoughts are again i probably built it up too much but i want to hear your thoughts on bioshock infinite now that you've played all of them what are your thoughts yeah you know what i think i did play that before because when I got to the ending, I was like, oh, I sort of remember this. But you know what? I'm I'm not really here for it. I'm going to be honest. I thought I was going to be more here for it than I was. Really? But, yeah, what I was hoping was that, like, he was her dad. Fine. Fair enough. But yeah. he had nothing to do with the rest of it. Because... I feel like sometimes when people write a story for a video game, they're like, let's make it the most convoluted thing possible. I mean, to really make you scratch your head and go, it's not even possible because I've been playing the game and the two people were existing in the same space at the same time. And they weren't, you know, it was quantum, age it was quantum whatever, whatever quantum physics is, is what explains uh, it. Right. Sure. It does. <laughs> well, to I me, just felt I, like you felt like what? I just felt like when at the end when she's like leading them to all the doors, yeah, and there's like loads of them yeah. leading to the door. Like, and how many bloody universes is he getting like drowned right now? You know what I mean? Like, right. All Most of them, like, many of them. This is not a good story for him. And I felt like he spent a lot of time to like be a good person and come and rescue her, and also. The civilization seems sort of all right, aside from the awful racism part. But, like, normal civilization was like that for a long time. Right. So you can hardly blame it on one dude. I don't know. I just kind of felt like if I had the chance to live in a sky in the clouds and then this one chick being in a cage ruined it for me. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it would have only ruined it for you if you were black at that time. It would have already been ruined. Well, you know, I think I think if any of us were black any amount of time ago, it would have been pretty ruined. So. It would have been ruined. So That's true. Uh, yeah, well, I, I just really took, I, I, I enjoyed, I guess it's the empath in me that really put myself in the position of everybody that, like the Vox Populi, I, I got what they were doing, I got the resistance, I got, um, is it, what was her name? It's not, I can't remember, it's not Elizabeth, because that's in the first game, right? Yeah, it's Elizabeth. Is it Elizabeth? Okay. Oh, I thought that was the first game. Anyway, so... And, you know, base, you know, essentially it's your daughter, you know, and so you're, you're going through the story helping your daughter from yourself. <laughs> is, is, uh, I don't know, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, who would sell their kid in the first place for, like, debts? You know what I mean? Like, that's not a thing people do, even in the 1800s or whenever this is supposed to take place. Like, who does that? Nobody. Right. Like, it's like... Oh, give us the girl, or write the tax. And I'm like, that. this is not a catchphrase. You know, save the cheerleader, save the world. That was catchy. That was catchy. You know? uh, Madden, it's like riding a bike. That's catchy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I really, I just, to me, it was completely unexpected. And, um, but I, and you probably can see from the gameplay, they, I don't know that the same people who worked on the first Bioshock worked on this one in terms of like boss fights. Uh, and some of the mechanics, because it didn't seem like, or maybe they no, just it was tried all to... really different. It was all very different. I, I thought yeah. it was very different, and I didn't really like how the the Adams like powers worked this time. Like Murder of Crows was super lame. I pretty much did the whole game with the uh, like turn a in a, like a machine into an ally. I yeah. pretty much did the whole game with that one. Like, I did, I killed, like, one enemy with each of the other ones to get an achievement for it. But that's it. Like, when I got it, I killed one person with it, and I didn't play with it again. Yeah. So, like, the, I don't feel like the powers were I don't, different enough or valuable enough. Like, if you could make one of those automatons shoot ten enemies for you, that's better than blasting any one enemy. So... Yeah. Once I figured that out, I was like, oh, forget it then. Like, I don't need to do any of this. And then I, I did a lot of, the, like, sky jumps as well. Because, once again, if you could just jump out of the sky and insta-kill, that was a lot better than shooting any bullets. So, I don't know. At, still, the first Bioshock, to me, was better. Because yeah, I, I felt agree. like that was more... It was also believable. It was unexpected, but possible. Like, neuroconditioning is a thing. Right. Yeah, like quantum, like multi-world theory or whatever. Yeah, you're stretching it. And I would have believed it if he had like tried to go back and save her like loads of times. It had never worked or whatever. Fine. OK, maybe that's something about the futility of the man. But the fact that they were like, oh, well, we got to murder you here at this church. We must murder you. It's the only way. Like I was like, <laughs> no, no, come on. No, you've lost my sympathy for this plot now. <laughs> Maybe so, maybe so. I I don't know. I uh, romanticized it a bit. Uh, it's been a while since I played it. When I first played it, um, and I finished it, it was uh, I don't know. I, I I just it has a special place. It's on my featured favorite list, and so it's um, which you know is the only list that matters besides yours. So. Uh, <laughs> 
Oh, well, because anyway. I and I really enjoyed. It. Anyway, I I still really enjoyed it. Uh, I hope that you did as well. Um, but I I would agree with you. I think now the the first one, the first one did it. Uh, it was plausible. It also the the whole dystopian. I mean, there were a lot of themes in there that you could uh, you could relate to in the, you know, would you kindly steal one of the best twists? So yeah, it was pretty good. And and if I'm gonna be honest. Uh, and this is going to be controversial, but I actually think the story of the South Park game that I just finished was more fun than the Bioshock. No, I've heard Infinite. really, really good things about that. It's all I've heard. Yeah, I mean, Daniel goes on and on and on about it. So, yeah, I think sometimes like people try to be too clever for their own good. Yeah, you know. Whereas if if you've got if you've got characters that people like and you've got a way of telling story that's like is shocking, but funny and, you know, remind you of all the times you used to make believe as a kid, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I feel like that's probably better than trying to be super clever. Like, cause it's more relatable, Like I can't yeah. relate to like quantum, whatever I could imagine being conditioned or something like that. Yeah. It, it, at a stretch, I could imagine that being possible, but you know, yeah. Suspension of disbelief is difficult when you have like six children murder me. You're just hard. You're <laughs> just you're just hardcore. You know, you're just too hardcore. Well, you know, they don't make them <laughs> like they used to. I guess not. I guess not. Well, all right. Well, that brings us to our first topic today, and I wanted to start with the negative so that we can end with a positive and overall give ourselves some sort of compliment sandwich for the beginning of the year uh, and end on a high note. End on a high note. Excuse me. But, a compliment um, sandwich. I yeah. think you mean like a criticism sandwich where well, the criticism yeah. is in the middle. I don't know that that was a thing. So I was using yeah, the is. thing that I do know to compare to a thing that You're a wasn't. teacher and a parent. You should definitely <laughs> know what a criticism sandwich is. Well, it, it say, see, but criticism sandwich almost implies the negative. So a compliment sandwich implies or at least concentrates on the positive. See, I'm glass half right. full. You're the negative one, I, negative Nelly over there that, you know, can't yeah. get behind quantum physics and your children murdering you. I just don't get it. Look, so. I understand the value of quantum physics, but <laughs> I feel it's a little bit far-fetched. However, in the future, someone might get it right. There's your compliment sandwich. There we go. I do your criticism sandwich for you for 2018. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to start regardless with the um, – with the – Loser predictions, or like I, I, I thought of this category more as a, a little more flexible, and I think that you, you've listed some games that maybe you don't necessarily care about, and I've, I've listed some of those as well. But I've also, I've got a game or two that I want to put in this category that I think are just not going to meet the mark that that has been set for it, and uh, and so I want to include those as well. So games that that maybe you're going to miss the mark. They aren't going to really deliver the way that they think they are, or that you just really don't care about uh, going into 2018. So what say you, Amanda? What are some of your predictions for games that will blow in 2018? Well, I, I would say that some people might enjoy them, but my past experience with game number one um, tells me that I will not. So in this particular <laughs> game... The last time I played it, I spent 30 minutes on a horse just to get to my destination and be murdered. Yeah. I'm talking about the famous Red Dead Redemption, the sequel of which is coming out in a few months' time. 
Yeah. Um, so Red Dead Redemption 2 is supposed to come out in 2018. Here's my criticism is that in the last game, I felt like I spent a lot of time playing to accomplish absolutely nothing because some of the things that you do, you don't really get any experience for or whatever, you know? So when you eventually stop goofing around in the background, like looting people's houses or playing mini games or whatever, you haven't actually progressed in level. And because each one of the areas has a certain sort of level attached with it that, that, to my knowledge, wasn't explicitly stated, it got to the point where I ended up being in the middle of nowhere, where on every side I was running into, like, a pack of wolves that were, like, level 15 and I was 5 or, you know, like, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I actually, I actually saved myself into a corner where I couldn't get out. Um, and unless, and, and I didn't know at what point I was actually in a zone that I could compete in. So I couldn't really go back and load another save without losing hours and hours and hours and hours of progress. So I just gave up on it. So Red Dead Redemption, <laughs> some people might be looking forward to it, uh, but I'll give the second one a pass until I hear otherwise. Right. Well, um, it, it did seem very expansive, and heaven forbid you get off your horse in the middle of the prairie and you do get murdered by a puma cat. It will happen. Yeah. And you won't even see it coming. It's too fast. Ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, forget that. Um, the second one that I'm not super excited about is Mega Man 11. Like, just the fact that there are 11 of these. Just, <laughs> is anybody asking for that? Like, is anyone asking for a, it? Like, how much crowd. money? Yeah. Ugh, th that niche crowd is not going to sell, like, nearly as many titles as yeah. some other new title, like, would have. Like, I think last year proves that people want new franchises and they go crazy for it. So I'm just not really super all about sequels in 2018. I'm really interested in like more new titles as you'll see like later as part of our criticism sandwich. Um, <laughs> I've only, I've only put one sequel on my list of things I'm excited about and there are loads coming out like Far Cry 5 coming out or whatever. Fine. I'm, I'm like mediocre excited about that, but Mega Man 11 I won't even look at the box art. You know what I mean? I yeah. couldn't give a shit. <laughs> and I just feel like a lot of people are like that. You heard it So, here. yeah. And then the last That's one. That's the catchphrase for Mega Man. Mega Man 11, I couldn't give a shit. There you go. I couldn't give a shit. Um, the last one is the rumor that there is going to be a Pokemon role-playing game releasing on the Switch in 2018. Right. So... Here's the thing. I don't own any Nintendo consoles. Yeah, I never have. It is since the Super NES. Yeah, it's the only one I ever had. I bought off my cousin for like 10 bucks when I was 18. Um, so I don't have access to play any of these Pokemon games. They, as far as I know, they've never ported a goddamn one anywhere. And that just really frustrates me because when Pokemon Go came out, I was in it. You know, I was down for it. I would have enjoyed it. And so I think it's one of those franchises where I'm totally here for it. Like, I would play me some Pokemon, but I'm not buying a Switch to do it. And I'm not buying anything else to You're play a single, a like, game. I am not going to buy a Switch. You're going to buy a Switch. No. <laughs> so basically, not only is it not, like, a firm date announced, it's just somewhere in 2018, but also it's pretty much if you don't have a Switch, go fuck yourself. So that's why I'm not here for Pokemon RPG to be named. 
to be determined 2018. The the episode title should just be catchphrases. That should be because I mean, if you don't, <laughs> you just said another one. If you don't have a switch, go fuck yourself. I mean, that is another one. That's the, the catchphrase for the switch for people who don't have one because you need one. You just didn't know you needed one, and you don't know you need I mean, one until I you get one. I mean, I do not need one. I do not need one. I don't need one. Could you imagine? I don't even have enough room. And I'm not doing it for, like, one game, because uh, I'll be honest, I'm not here for Mario or Zelda. I don't care about those two games, yeah? They're not franchises I'm interested in. So I'm pretty much just here for Pokemon, it's and I feel Skyrim. like it's a lot of money. I've got Skyrim on every other console. Yeah, but like, you, can't play it, you can't play it on the train, but you could yeah, with the Switch. Yeah. <laughs> Like Skyrim's like ten years old. They need to make a new game. Stop reselling us the same one. I've said it before. Now that criticism. Anyway, is, is that's valid. my list. Okay, that criticism is definitely valid. Well, um, as usual, we do have a different list. Um, when I was looking at the games that are coming out in 2018, uh, I saw I saw a bunch of things to be excited about, but. Uh, there were a few that I just think are going to that I first of all I don't care about so I'll start with those. So um, I'm a huge I'm a big Metal Gear fan. I love all the Metal Gear games. I've owned them all. I finished all but two of them and one of them is because I just hadn't had time. But that seems to be a common theme for me. Uh, but uh, Metal Gear Survive just sounds awful. It just sounds like it's not even it's close to what the Metal Gear games are about. I'm not sure how recognizable it's going to be, but basically you just are in the Metal Gear universe loosely killing zom- zombies. Now, mind you, there's a comma there. You're in, you're loosely, it's loosely based in the world, and you're killing zombies. So Yeah, that's just a cash grab. Like, never that's been not even issue. relevant to the franchise. Zombies have never been an issue in the Metal Gear universe. Um, this is just somebody recognizing the name and buying this game, and I think it's just going to be shite. Um, so that game, I'm, that game just kind of makes me angry to think about. Uh, but from there, I think the rest of these are just going to end up missing the mark. Um, so there's a game coming out, uh, from the developer of Heavy Rain. And for anybody that's played the games Heavy Rain, I think, uh, Beyond Two Souls, I believe is also made by them. Um, mm-hmm. the, there's a game coming out called Detroit Become Human. And I'm actually about that one. I was going to put that one on my list, but I was like, mm, but I'm sort of into it. I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. I I'm, I enjoyed Heavy Rain, even though I was not good at the quick time events. And I got the worst ending. And it was heartbreaking. And, you know, in the end, you know, you I, I think I played the game the way that I really would have played it if I was in real life. Like, I almost electrocuted myself and died. I ended up getting two of the characters killed. It was like, nice what, job. Yeah, what what probably would have really happened in this? It, there was no happy ending for anybody. You know, um, the female character I had got abducted and murdered. It was just bad. And so, so the main character ends up. You know, the the son dies. Well, I spoiler alert for a game that's over ten years old. Um, so in this game, I just feel like. The, the the attempt to try to be the, the, I'd like to call it the Peter Molyneux effect 
where you you make these grand promises that you're going to include these things into a game and then you just can't do everything that you want to. It doesn't mean the game's necessarily even bad, just that you weren't able to do what you said you were going to do uh, or what you wanted to do. And and so I don't know that it will be a failure. I don't even know that it will be a bad game. I'm just predicting it will not deliver uh, the level of, uh, of experience that will be promised. Um, I'll probably still yeah. t- still play it. But I'm I'm predicting it to be disappointing. Could you imagine like working with Peter Molyneux like every day? No. When you, like he shows up late and oh, then yeah. you're like, How was it going? He's like, There was a vast, vast <laughs> car pilot. It's right. We were out there for days. It for was doggy dog. <laughs> I ate a man. You know, like Exactly. <laughs> well, it would be interesting. Nonetheless, yeah. it go, Mom. yeah. <laughs> it'd be interesting. So, yeah, so that that game, I think, is going to be uh, going to fall short. Then there is a game uh, coming out called Vampire or Vam- Vampire, maybe. I don't know. Spelling V-A-M-P-Y-R. Um, the reason I listed this one is because it is uh, from the producers or the the. Uh, from the game studio uh, Don't Nod, which is also who created Life is Strange. I really enjoyed Life is Strange. Um, I've heard only good things about the second one, which I do plan on playing. That'll be one of the games I get to this year um, because I enjoyed and finally finished uh, the first Life is Strange. I guess I should have mentioned that at some episode um, because it was a good game, but it took me all year to finish it, and it's not a game that takes all year. Um, just happened. Yeah, to you could have finished that in a day. What's wrong with you? You really could have. You really, really could have. I had to go to the grocery store or something. I don't know. And so it was I, a mass pileup. It was yes. a mass pileup. I ate a man. Uh, so there was a. Uh, anyway, so it's it's uh, but from the premise, basically, you're a vampire that uh, you can or you don't have to eat people. You're solving a puzzle. Uh, the it's one of those underwhelming trailers for a game where I'm not even really sure what the gameplay is. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a game similar to a point-and-click point type adventure, uh, if it's uh, quick-time events, if it's an action RPG. Or, I don't know. It doesn't tell you any of these things. But That sounds like some Twilight shit, like... Well, it's, first, there's vampires, but they're sparkly, so there's that. Right. Well, he only comes out at night. He cannot, he can't, you know, he, he, uh, you, you, you do have some sort of moral compass where you can make choices based on what you think is important. And, uh, so, but because of all of that, I think it, it may have promise. I don't know, but it just seems, it, it seems underwhelming. And the, and the, uh, trailer that I saw for it, tell you little to nothing to get excited about uh so i'm predicting it to also be um a bit of a disappointment so i knew that you were listing uh red dead redemption that's also a game that i i the idea of it was great i played it as well but it i didn't finish it and didn't i didn't even care to finish it um i started it and and uh as i as i found that the, it's one of those games to me. It's the first time ever, actually, when I played a game and I felt like the world was too big. I just didn't care. Once you get oh, out and run around, yeah, the world was too big, and I was like, well, there's too much to do, and I to to even stay on 
track. So, yeah, anyway. Agree. Agreed. Agreed to agree. Well, that topic is brought to you by our sponsor, Audible.com. Reading is fun, and Audible has been around for almost 20 years, providing a great service. And this is 2018, so add another year. Help us out by heading over to audible.com and check out their trial service of a free audiobook and 30-day trial by entering audibletrial.com slash Toddcast. Amanda, what is our recommendation this week? Our recommendation this week is a book called Unthink by Chris Paley. Uh, it's four hours and 53 minutes, and it basically talks about your unconscious mind. So all the thoughts and decisions that you don't realize that you're making, um, how you know, uh, colors and the way people treat you can change your mood and the way you perceive the world. Um, so like, for example, if you want somebody to like you, you might wear red and meet them somewhere frightening because your subconscious mind finds red to be powerful and fear makes you kind of cling on to the person closest to you, basically. So like maybe you wear red and go see a horror movie. Um, so it's really interesting to talk about how you don't even realize that you're being influenced by your subconscious and it's available with a free trial. Really cool book. What a, uh, what a relevant topic in this day and age. How about that? <laughs> you can head over to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast to get that free title now, or you can choose from over 180,000 other titles today. Support us by heading to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast and get your free 30 day trial. Topic two. Our criticism sandwich. Yay. You're very <laughs> easily influenced. Do you know that? You were like, no, I'm automated. It's a compliment sandwich. And you're like, no, it's not. I admit. Well, I, you know, I, I, I like to uh, be a part of the zeitgeist. I also troll. So I mean, just think about it logically. You don't call a ham sandwich a bread sandwich. You call you know, it by the thing in the middle. But you know why? Because the bread is the part that sucks. It's this ham that you want. <laughs> you and so you list, the in the <laughs> you list the part that you like that makes that sells the sandwich. The I like the bread. The bread is the part I'm not supposed to have. <laughs> <laughs> you want a bread sandwich? Eat a bread sandwich. Uh, I mean, sometimes I just eat bread. <laughs> we're going to have to change the blurb for this. I'm not sure what it's going to be called, but it's, it's all over. <laughs> ah, the, the bread sandwich of shows. Uh, this time, this uh, particular topic is where we're going to discuss our anticipated games. So we do something similar where we're looking forward to whatever's going on. But at the beginning of the year, we always like to talk about what we're anticipating to see. What games are supposed to come out and what are you looking forward to this year? So 2018, your anticipated games uh, of the year. What you got? All right. So I'm I'm going to hit off with an obvious one first. So... If you listen to the last episode, I talked about State of Decay 2. It is the most stressful community-building zombie game I think there is out there. Uh, you know, it's very much um, based around resource management and shoring up your defenses and collecting the right number of people and, you know, maintaining little communities. And the first one, um, State of Decay, um, State of Decay Year 1 Edition, is you know, a, a favorite of mine. In fact, it's, it's the featured favorite t today, so I'll get to that <laughs> later. Um, but the Save of Decay 2 is basically supposed to be just more of the same, and I'm looking forward to it because the first game was really, really hard, so I'm actually hoping that they followed the recent trend of actually making the interfaces easier. Um, 
I, I didn't mention this, but now that I've played the newest South Park game, going back and play the older one, it was hella harder. <laughs> like, the new game is based off of, like, like radius of damage. So there's, like, printed squares on the ground, and your character can damage squares in specific directions and radius, yeah. But once you choose that, it does everything on its own. The old game, when you click it, um, you have to time the attack exactly, or you do one damage, and you pretty much wasted that turn. I hate that. First off, because I don't really love turn-based combat, and com- uh, combat anyway, and I'm kind of just in here for the story, uh, right. I'm annoyed with how long the combat takes in this game, even on the easiest de- difficulty. So the second game is much better if you don't love turn-based combat, con- and you kind of like when you choose a move, just want to kind of space out and watch it happen. Because uh, I much more enjoyed that. Um, there's like blocking and stuff in the old game as well, which I'm not here for blocking, as we all know. Um, so State of Decay 2, I'm I'm hoping for more of the same, but just better controls. Because there was some instances where you can save yourself into a corner. Because it like auto-saves and stuff. Um, if you go on a mission that's maybe like a stretch for the level of your team and the type of team that you bring with, um, you can get into a situation where you have no chance of winning it. And that's your like most recent save. So I'm hoping they do something better than that. Or maybe they're a bit more descriptive of what you're going into and the type of people you should bring. I don't know. That's what I'm hoping for. So that's, uh, that's number one. That's an easy one. Okay. Um, there, the next one is a game called a way out, which is essentially wondering what it would be like to try to break out of, prison with your best friends you're like both incarcerated and you're trying to get out together that's maybe not the most unique like game i've ever heard of however was the show about yeah exactly however it has forced cooperative play so as i understand you can only complete the game with another real human either side by side split screen or online co-op so that's going to be interesting just in and of itself, because if you have a particularly good teammate, how does that compare to when you are playing with like a D bag? Like, yeah, does it think, can? Well, I was going to say, I think it works because I, I, I looked at that game as well. It's created by the same people that made the game. I, I believe it's called Brothers. And okay. you uh, in that game, you can you can complete it two ways. And I think it'll be I th- I'm assuming it'll be somewhat similar in that you Yes, you do. It is force cooperative, meaning that you have to both characters have to cooperate to get through the game, even on brothers. However, you can play it solo. The, what you have to do though is you have to switch between the brothers. So you'll have to switch to one brother to finish to get part right. through part of it, and then you switch back to the other brother to get him over. Or you can play with you can play cooperatively. Where you have somebody else controlling the other brother, and if you're with a D-bag, then yes, it is a lot harder. So, <laughs> anyway, keep going. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm I'm quite. I'm just I'm here for that sort of thing. I, yeah. I, I've been saying that like there's I not many games that, that offer yeah. split screen anyway. Right. So pretty much anything that offers me a split screen is probably going to go on the list because it's so rare. And right. you know, me and my husband like to play games together. You know. Yeah. Um, and, and then the last yeah, one, which I think. And oh, and also, it's like a new title. And 2018 is like a year of new titles. I'm all about like new franchises. So the next one is called Sea of Thieves, yeah. and it's like pirate themed 
Skyrim. Yeah. Sort of. Um, I'm here for it. Uh, it <laughs> sounds cool. Um, I, I'm hoping that it's like the world of, um, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, but with like, Black Flag. God, that's hard to say. Black Flag. Um, Black Flag. Breakfast, uh, but with better <laughs> controls and like more intuitive combat. That's what I'm hoping. Honestly, any sort of pirate theme so- story I'm kind of here for, generally speaking, like something Pirates of Car- Caribbean like or, you know, whatever. But yeah, it, it looks cool. It looks really pretty. The art style is a bit different. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm very interested in exploring some new franchises because over the break, I played a lot of new titles. Like a lot, like some new titles that I'd never played before. And, you know, they were some of the best games that I played all year. So I think I think I need to expand my reach and not just get excited about the next Far Cry, which is why it's not on the list. <laughs> well, that, look at you expanding. You'll own a Switch soon. Um, Shut up. I will not. You're a debit 5,000. <laughs> I'm just going to put these, these subconscious thoughts into your head. Um so yes, um, I I wanted to well, and it's always good I think because we have different perspectives, so we usually list different games without even having to try, and uh, so I think that's a that's a good thing. I also <laughs> am excited about Sea of Thieves. I, I was excited about it last year. That was something that I was looking forward to. I know I listed it on another on another episode before, but the more I've heard about it, the the more excited I am kind of about it because you do. It is open world. I do kind of get to pick how my pirate ship crew, how I look. And I, I, pirates have always been kind of cool, okay? Even before Johnny Depp tried to ruin it. I think it's always been pretty cool. Um, even if none of what we know of pirates is really the same or really true, it's still pretty cool. So um, sea, sea of Thieves is one, but I, I since you listed it, that I just wanted to put my two cents in. Um, and list some other ones. So the one that I'm probably most excited about uh, is Marvel's uh, Spider-Man by Insomniac. So okay. you've got this open world game that hopefully they don't ruin like they did with <laughs> when you told me how they ruined Batman with Arkham. And the, I'm hoping they don't. Well, because they could do it with the Spider-Sense. You know, they could do the same thing. Where they give you some view where the spider sense is how you view things and that allows you to see things through walls and stuff like that. And then you're always looking through that instead of looking through, um, you know, the actual game lens where you get to see all the graphics and and the actual fighting and that kind of stuff. But uh, with a real open world where you get to really feel like you're Spider-Man, similarly, I think this is going to be one of the best games of the year. Uh, and and even though Spider-Man's not necessarily my favorite superhero, um, the premise is something I can get on board with. So um, that's probably one of the games I'm most excited about. Um, Last of Us 2 is also supposed to release uh, this year, and I realize you do not have a PlayStation, so you'll just have to hear me until I yeah, ship you my Yeah, be so excited 3. about it. Right. Um, so Last of Us 2, still don't know a whole lot about it. Uh, the the last trailer, the most recent trailer that they released, doesn't tell you much else about it. So it's not like uh, we have a lot to go on other than we think Joel and Ellie are both in it. I think because you haven't seen you haven't seen them in a while. Um, yeah. 
and uh, and so there's not a whole lot to go on in terms of what's going on. But um, if it's more of The Last of Us, it's written. Everybody that was a part of the first one's a part of this one, so I anticipate it to be uh, good as well. So I'm definitely looking forward to Last of Us 2. Kingdom Hearts 3 is supposed to release, and I know this isn't one. Uh, it's one that I probably uh, would not have been excited for had I not played the first two and, and really enjoyed the first two. I have not played one of the games in between. Um, in fact, it just I felt like it was an insult uh, that you'd continue to list, like Kingdom Hearts 2.5, Kingdom Hearts 2.5.3, or whatever it was. Uh, there are all these games that have been released in the interim that fill in prequel information. They fill in the gaps between 1 and 2, and then some of the stuff that's happening after 2. But it's not actually Kingdom Hearts 3. And if you... I've listened to some other podcasts where there are people who, I mean, it, for lack of a better term, are professionals at understanding the, wor- or understanding the world of Kingdom Hearts. I mean, they've written books about it. Um... Uh, which actually is a thing. And it's convoluted. I mean, like, it's like almost, it's impossible to, for me to, to track. So I'm not even trying to understand that part of it. I don't, there's so many characters that have been involved and interacting. What I dig about it is you've got square, you know, you, you have a square game essentially, but it also has some Disney components. Um, the first games I really enjoyed. One and two. Two is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I love the music. I love the gameplay. I love the, the, you know, the, it's not turn-based role-playing. You actually have, it's, you know, more of an action-based. You actually have to, you do have to block. You do have to do other things like that. So, um, you know, and and, uh, like I said, had I not played the first one, I probably wouldn't be as excited about this one. But uh, it has been in development forever. And much like Final Fantasy um, I'm kind of a fan until they, until I'm burned to the point that I'm, that I won't be. So I'm looking forward to this. Fair one. enough. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to this one. And the last one, God of War is coming out. I'm excited about, um, I haven't played one since the PlayStation three. They're actually taking God of War to Egypt now. I think they're, they're doing the, they've run out of, uh, of, of Greek mythology uh, to exploit. Now they're going to other mythologies, I think. And so he's just taking on all the gods from all the other cultures. Uh, maybe Odin, maybe the Norse gods. I don't know. But, uh, you know, that could be another direction. But that's what I've heard. It's also coming out. Um, but there's one game that I wanted to list that I think is, I don't, I don't know enough about it, but because of who's involved, there's hope. Uh, and that is this game called Anthem. Have you heard anything about Anthem? It's by Bioware. No. Mm-mm. Okay. So. Oh wait, is that the is that the Destiny from Bioware? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it's squad based, Monster Hunter type shooter. Um. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. So yeah, it, 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 because of who's involved, it seems like it might be really interesting. Um. Uh, I'm a little leery, and I, it almost made my list for uh, disappointments for 2018 that I just predict is not going to meet the mark. Um, but I'm I'm willing to give them another shot. Unfortunately, the mouthpiece uh, of EA is who is telling us the majority of the information. You're not hearing as much from actual Bioware. 
Um, and so, uh, after what happened with Mass Effect and Andromeda, I don't know what to think about this. I'm, I'm willing to give them a shot, though. So, I'm hoping... Well, hopefully it's the, like, main studio, then. Yeah, exactly. I'm hoping that's the case. So, uh, it's supposed to be similar to Destiny or The Division, both of which have, you know, they've, they were initially received well. You know, Destiny was received well. The Division was received well. Neither one were really my type of game per se, but I think the division was something that I would have been interested in if I had a group of people to play with, you know. But my schedule never meets up with my friends usually, so and so we, well, we don't, I don't really get to play that way. So sad face. Sad face. Sad face. Well, that brings us to our last topic, which is our featured favorite our featured favorites are games that we find uh, that, are, that are our favorite games. They aren't necessarily even critically successful games, uh, but games that we nonetheless uh, would like to add to a list, a running list of the greatest games in our criticism sandwich. So <laughs> I'll go first. I love this that time. you adopted it. I mean, I have, all right. Well, I've already ruined mine, so it's, it's not true. like they're going to be surprised. That's true. Well, <laughs> maybe with this little added, they'll forget. Um, all right, good. Yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, I wanted to add to the list. I feel like I can't list all of the Final Fantasies that I think are the greatest games because there's more than two. Um, but I think at least two deserve to be on this list for me because of what, because of how they stood out in my mind and how I've remembered them and that they actually are versions that I've gone back and played again. Uh, so I've played these multiple times. And um, Final Fantasy IX is the the game I want to add to this list. Final Fantasy IX is the last kind of fantasy type, I guess, um, like the old style of fan Final Fantasy games that they produced. Um, it it went back to the roots, I guess, of Final Fantasy. So for those that have played or for those that don't know, the first probably, well, in America, the first four games were set in kind of like this fantasy type. Well, no, really, it's just the first two. And then in, in Japan, they released three more that were kind of set in this area, where it was more, uh, is less uh, less modernized, less mechanical. You didn't have, uh, you didn't really have guns. It was mostly magic and swords and things like that. And and uh, it seemed to be set in a different age, like an like a like a, just set, set in like a renaissance time. Um, and so your technology was a little bit different. And then as you got to Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 7, 8, and then 10 and on, you're set in this hyper-stylized universe where you've got mechs and you've got you've got this cross between magic and technology. Well, Final Fantasy 9 was the, the last one they produced where you were back in this uh, renaissance time uh, with just magic and swords and things like that, and um, it was a theme that was that was uh, you know reminiscent of those games, and it was something that that I really latched onto because it was where I started in the series. That coupled with the idea and this and the actual story, uh, the cutscenes they'd improved even since Final Fantasy VII, and I had been a, a fan you know since the beginning, and I think probably. Other than Final Fantasy 2, which is also on this list for me, Final Fantasy 9 has the most positive uh, 
nostalgic memories uh, of the series, and the one feels. that really. What's that? The feels. The feels, absolutely. With this one, that's this is that's why this is probably on the list. It is one of the more critically acclaimed of the series, and for some of these reasons, but it also is the one I have the feels attached to. So. Mana, what about you? You've already ruined it, but go ahead and remind everybody what I you mean, the, look, my featured favorite is Stay of Decay Year One. Like, even though some of the controls were clunky and you could save yourself, like, into a corner, it's still an amazing, stressful, horror, like, The Walking Dead before The Walking Dead was a thing sort yeah. of game. And I think, you know, most games are far more linear than that these days. And it's very much a kind of choose your own fate. Um, because most people, like, you, most people don't survive. Like, yeah. 90% of the time, you don't make it to the end of that game. Um, your settlement falls apart, and that's it. And, and I've never beaten it. If you have, like, leave a comment or whatever and tell me how much better <laughs> you are than me. Um, yes. but I've, I've never beat it. And I think most people probably don't. And that's why it's on the list, because sometimes it's not about winning. It's about, you know, that, that journey. Sometimes it's about the journey. You know? Well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. Any questions or comments, feel free to sound off in the comments. Email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. Head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you download and rate us, because that really helps our show. And tell us what your anticipated games are, or which ones you think are going to fall short. Until the next time. See you later. See you later.